I think the new vacation. Me vacation. I know, dude. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> You're embarrassing us, man. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. <clears throat> oh, I'm not rocking headphones. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't got to wear them. All right. Welcome back to another episode of The Cigar Guys, uh, hosted by yours truly, Zachary Nikolai. I'm the executive pro host of The Cigar Guys. Make sure you write that down. Uh, Alex is behind the camera because we kicked him out. Yeah. I'm <laughs> He's fired. on time out. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we got rid of them. Um, today we're just gonna be talking about some random stuff, and uh, of course we got our usual hosts, Mark, Jared, <laughs> and then our special guest Casey. Welcome. Awesome. Now, what are we gonna be? What are you guys smoking today? Huh? What are we smoking? What are we drinking? Aganorce of Leaf Anniversario. It's pretty good. I like it. I've had a few right. times. I got a uh, Romacraft uh, Sabretooth. Casey gave it to me. Very much appreciated. And then, Casey, what are you smoking today? Uh, Padron 26, 80 year. Love it. Nice. I love so it. I'm a 26 yeah. whore. You know, Jared <laughs> loves love his Padrones. Yeah. yeah, Jared yeah. loves his Padrones. I feel like I haven't seen him smoke a Padron in months. I did bring one with me, though. I have it right here. So. Oh, you do? Okay. Maybe you have to switch it up. That side's got to be the Padron side. You know what I mean? Yeah. This guy, dude, he, at first, he nonstop smoking Padron. Like, it was like, those are the only like, cigars he smoked. Like, like, it was kind of annoying. You yeah. know what I mean? That was the first cigar, unfortunately, that I ever had. Unfortunately, so that was my introduction. So yeah, then, you started with the best. It was exactly so. A buddy of mine, a client that I play music, a client gave me one. It was a a 1926, just a standard like I think it was a number six or something like that. And I smoked. And I was like, man, I love cig- like I like cigars. And then I smoked something that wasn't that, and I was like, I don't like cigars. <laughs> yeah. Turns out I just had to learn what I liked, and here we are. Yeah, that's one. That's one thing about cigar smoking is just you know you really have to find out what you like, and you're gonna have a lot of sticks that you're gonna be like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah. Even, I wasn't dumb, bro. Come on. You got right Do there. you mainly uh, smoke padrones as well, or is that just me? No, I mean, I padrones are like my baseline, if that makes any sense. Like if I if I'm looking to really just enjoy the night and know that I'm going to like what I'm lighting up, then I'll go for that. I'm a big 90th. That's probably my all time favorite. Is the 90th 1926 Maduro? Yeah. But, I mean, I have probably three, four hundred cigars at my house, my humidor, and it's like, I don't think I have anything more than Padrones. Like, I have the most of one thing is Padrone. The majority? Yeah. So, I'm going to interject here real quick because our fans told us that we had to try the Rocky Patel uh, <laughs> 60. Gross. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to try that, and then I'm going to give you guys a honest review. It may be brutal. But we'll see. So I just want to let you know that's coming at the end. I have smoked that. You smoked it? Did you like it? No spoilers. No spoilers. We'll see. But I know the answer. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, that, I, think, I think that was the answer right there. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, uh, I would definitely say I have... Padron is the only boxes I have in my humidor. Everything else is like two or three of something. So... Are they all like 1926s or any 64s in there? So I had a few. I have a few 64s, but no boxes. I have a box of 1926 90th. I have a box of 80, 80 year 26, and then um, I have a bunch of the little little 26s just for like you know a 45 minute smoke if I'm kind of on the back half of the night and not wanting to commit in a full hour, hour and a half to something. But I like just trying new stuff all the time. I mean, once you kind of get your flavor profile, you can kind of guide your way through stuff and just trying new things so then it's always like is this going to taste good gotcha it's my first time <laughs> <laughs> we're breaking them in 
So you used to smoke Padrones a lot. What's your go-to now if it's not a Padron? If I'm not smoking a Padron, I actually really like the Placencia Cosecha 149. Oh, nice. Okay. So for some reason, because I'm a big coffee guy, big bourbon guy, and those hit all the notes as far as like, you know, like rich cocoa, a little bit of bitterness. I get some like caramel. It's not super earthy. And for some reason, everything, I'm an old fashioned or I'm drinking bourbon neat or I'm drinking coffee black. So it's like, I got to have a bold flavor cigar with what I'm drinking. Cause I'm not drinking like an iced tea or, or something easy. So it's got to be able to compete with it. But I like that one. And if I'm doing something lighter, um, I just tried uh, the other day. I really liked it. The brulee. Okay. That one was really good. I can't remember what the actual producer of it is, but it's good. It's funny. They mentioned black coffee. Mark, uh for the longest time hated black coffee it was all just you know the cream sugar or whatever you know if it was a if it was a white girl starbucks drink it was in mark's hand yeah um <laughs> is that still true no 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 hey, so, he's gonna explain why <laughs> so where were we do you remember where we were yeah we were at kiki's <laughs> so we were at kiki's and i was you know my normal morning self so probably annoyed and pissed off about something um and mark's like yeah can i get a black coffee and i'm like i look at him I'm like you don't drink black coffee He's like, he's like, nah, dude, I love black coffee. I'm like, what the like, hell? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, no, I love black coffee. And I'm like, and now he's pissing me off because he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> so from then on, anytime we went somewhere that had coffee, he would order black coffee. And like, I knew he didn't like it. He would just force himself to drink it because he knew it pissed me off. Yeah. I do a lot of things just to piss him off. Yeah. And end up liking it later. So, you know. <laughs> But once I knew, once I knew he started to like, you know, like black coffee like that, I'm like, all right, you know what? We could get him into whiskey too. Then we got him into, you know, like Japanese whiskeys because they're a little bit milder. Uh, and then after that, we got him into some bourbon, some scotches. And like, he's a big scotch guy. You know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big scotch guy. Like, I, I'm more like, I like American bourbons. So. Unfortunately, they don't serve that at Kiki's, right? So. They do not. Bourbon. Well, they do if you put in a little flask. That's for. <laughs> Where they do serve bourbon is that another broken egg. So that's that's usually my go-to breakfast place now. Or, I'm sorry, brunch. You can't you can't drink while eating breakfast. You got to drink when you're eating brunch. You know what I mean? Good save there. Yeah. And you said your go-to is uh, bourbon, right? Yeah, I'm a big so like with me with anything I like to. I'm just a big explorer in general. So it's like I got into bourbon, whiskey probably because I play music all over, and it's for the longest time up until about two years ago. I had no alcohol at my house. I had. No cigars, no alcohol, nothing at my house. It was just, you know, whatever. So, but I would always drink at my gigs because I got free, free alcohol. Yeah, of course. So I had a few gigs. Um, one of the places was Norwoods in, in uh, New Smyrna. And they have a really, really good bourbon whiskey selection. Like pretty impressive actually. And all their stuff is priced generally well, but I don't really care because I'm not paying for it. So one day I was playing a gig there and I looked up and I thought the bottle was cool. I had knew nothing about it, but it was Stag Jr., um buffalo trace product and i was like that's pretty cool i'll try one of, i'll try that you know so like my first bourbon i ever had neat was 128 proof you know seven year bourbon that's yeah. that's highly allocated so i was like this is good i want to go get some and, <laughs> and you couldn't find it yeah the bartender kind of laughed at me she's like good luck you know so that kind of started my journey into like bourbon hunting and then I have ADHD, so I hyperfixated on bourbon hunting, and then a year later, I had over 300 bottles at my house. So, and I just dove into that world and kind of learned everything I could and about different varieties and different companies. But 
I try not to be like a tater chaser where you're just trying to chase the hard to find bottles. Yeah, yeah. I like to learn about the companies and anything that has history behind it all. Kind of like dive into want to learn about it and taste it. But yeah, of course, because you, you'll have people like in, you know, the whiskey industry that will legit just try to find the most the most allocated bottles and buy them. And they don't care about the flavor whatsoever. They just buy them, drink them. There's yeah. a lot of people don't even drink them. They just hold on to them. Exactly. And, you know, like like Blanton's, I like Blanton's, right? But it's not the best, you know, whiskey I've had. You know what I mean? Like it's nowhere near the best. So, but people will just, they'll pay $200 for that bottle just because of the name and just because of how hard it is to find. But yeah, I mean, like something like that, like I appreciate way more because it's like you're actually tasting everything. If you like it, then you'll buy it. You know, you're going to, or even if you buy it and you don't like it, it's like, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you have friends over and you let them taste stuff. And it's some good friends that, you know, it's a give and take. It's like if a guy helps you out or buys you drinks or, you know, you guys are always there for each other and he he brings you cigars or I'm always a giver. So, yeah, I come somewhere. If I have a cigar, I'm bringing five, you know, because if I have some friends, I'm going to give them out. And that's just how I've always been built, you know, and if someone comes over to my house. They're not going to like I'm not going to make you bring your own stuff. It's like, yeah, I it's 20, like if I, I want you to try everything, you know? Yeah. And, and that's one of those things where if it's something that I really don't like and this person takes a sip of it and they're like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. I'm like, take it home, dude. Like, yeah. You know, really? It's like, yeah, man, because you're not into bourbon. You're never going to go out of your way to like go get something, but you're going to probably cherish this bottle for years, take a few sips from it every now and then. And you're going to think about me and think about our friendship and that night, every single time you grab it. And that means more to me than Oh, well, that's 80 bucks, dude. You know, you want to Venmo <laughs> me some like the bottle's half empty. So just Venmo me 40. Like, yeah, it's pathetic. So yeah, like midwinter's dram. Everyone freaks out about midwinter's. I had like five bottles. I had never tried it. It was just one of those bottles that I knew a lot of my friends wanted. So I got five bottles and I tried it. I was like, this year wasn't I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah. Yeah. This year was OK. It was it was OK. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm OK with letting go of this. Yeah. So. Literally, I got rid of all of them. I have one left, and it's the one that I initially tasted. And I'll keep it there. If someone comes to the house and they're like, oh, you have midwinters? I'm like, yeah, man. Take, yeah, take open a it sip. up. Try I'm it out. Take yeah. So yeah. I like the part about cigars and bourbon is not only the, the actual action of doing it, is the conversation and friendships you get while yeah. doing it. Yeah. And that's what attracts me to it. It's like you get yeah. to learn from people and yeah. hear stories that you would never hear. That's part about cigars. It's great. It's like... Uh, like people buy cigars for each other all the time. People will buy drinks for each other all the time, and uh, that's like something that you don't really see too much of anymore. Like you're talking about that, you know, it's good to have that. A lot of people don't have that values. Uh, for me and Zach, it was kind of instilled in us because because of our background, our culture. That's just how we do things, you know. Yeah, like I will never mention the hundred dollars that Mark owes me. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, Mark's right. Like when we were in Croatia, you know, there's no such thing as splitting bills over there. It's just everyone's throwing their cash or their card or whatever yeah, to yeah. try to pay for it first. They're, they're fighting to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's how we were when we were over there. It's just like, no, I got this one. No, put that away. You got the last one. Let me get this one. Yeah, exactly. But and and you know, I, like personally, I believe that's a more friendly environment than like, oh hey, you know, can we split this five dollar, you know, Uber? You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's, and, it's, and a lot of people are like that. They're like, give me that 
a dollar twenty five that you owe me. And usually it's the ones that are boasting about how much money they have and what oh, they got. Oh it's man, like, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I just cleared six figures this year. It's like cool, man. That's like the new fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really. One, <laughs> and two, it's like okay, so you're stressed. You're Venmo requesting me at you know one a.m. for half of the Uber ride. It's like. Rent's coming. It's probably yeah. for. <laughs> well, when they do that, I just send them the whole thing. They're like, oh, you don't have to do that. I was like, no, you need it more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not hanging out with you ever again. Yeah. I mean, seriously, even uh, my girlfriend and her friend went to go get drinks uh, right across the street. And I'd met up with them just to say hi. And she tells me, her friend tells me, she's like, yeah, I couldn't get a drink. I forgot my ID. So I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll go get a drink for you. So, you know, we knew the bartender over there. So I'm like, hey, you know, she forgot her ID. You know, she's 23, whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, no problem, whatever. So I give her the drink and I paid for it, I paid for, you know, all their drinks and stuff. And she's like, let me Venmo you. Let me. I'm like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Like, you know, you're out drinking with her. So you're out drinking with me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm not going to freak out about it. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's one thing about the cigar community, though. It's like not a lot like other communities that, you know, we'll buy stuff for each other, you know. Yeah. We'll buy drinks and we won't bring it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, well, Don Miller will bring it up, but you know, <laughs> shout out to Don Miller. It, yeah, shout out to him. We love Don Miller. Uh, no, but he's like, even like with him, for example, we've walked in and right away, what do you want to drink? You know, bar's busy, servers right next to yeah. him. What do you want to drink? You know, and then we're like, no, don't worry about it. He's like, no, come on, come on, just order it. We would order a drink. So it's just like constantly buying each other drinks, bottles, whatever. Um, especially when there's a group of people like, you know, we've had, uh like birthday get togethers you know at the cigar lounge and you know someone we know comes up they're like oh you know let me buy him a bottle let me a bottle of wine or a bottle of whatever um uh, yeah and it's just a friendly atmosphere casey I mean, uh when you uh give bottles out do you find people want more or start drinking that more often do you hand out cigars and you turn people onto padrones or anything else or i mean it just depends so like i guess kind of how i got into cigars was I was actually playing a gig kind of how my whole life centered around everything. So I was playing <laughs> music and I was at this venue and, and, a, and a long story short, the guy that I talked to a little bit, he gave me some money, tipped me or whatever. And he goes, you smoke cigars? And I go, you know, sure. You know, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what he's going to put in my guitar case, you know? So <laughs> he takes out a, um, a, uh, a cigar that looks like a, I don't, I'm not really familiar with all the different size bullets, but it looked like a five, five, six, but it was about this freaking big. It was legitimately a 5.56 rep. So it was like long and skinny? But no, it looked like a legitimate 5.56. Oh, my God. Oh, what? I don't know if you can pull it up, but it looks like a bullet, like a giant bullet. And I was like, this thing is pretty pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's pretty cool. So after the thing, I was like, thanks for the cigar, man. He's like, oh, you know, I own a cigar place. And that was my introduction into cigars. It's like someone giving me a cigar just like out of nowhere and so that made me want to kind of pay it forward as i got into it and people that i got a guy at my at my fire station he was never into bourbon and uh i said here's what i'll make a deal with you you know you can go on amazon and get like those sample bottles like the little screw bottles he bought like uh 24 of them yeah packs of them like this big for like 16 bucks and he gives me the whole box and what i did is i filled up 24 of the sample bottles and i put numbers on them and I said, I want you to taste with what you like, not with your ego or with what you think is cool. So I put numbers on them and I didn't give him the list of what they were until after he sent me back his ratings from one to 20. Yeah. And uh, his top one was a double oaked Woodford, you know, yeah, and that beat out Midwinters, that beat out Blanton's, that beat out. Um, and obviously he's newer, so he didn't like the higher proof stuff. But yeah. But now he's all into bourbon. So now he's texting me, you know, like, hey, man, look what I got. Hey, man, look what I got. You want a bottle? Like he tries to help me out, you know. 
I'll grab you a bottle while I'm here, things like that. So the people that I do it for, I know appreciate it and I don't do it to get something back, but I do notice that they kind of have that positive initiation into the, the hobby. So it makes you want to progress into it more. You know, imagine if you smoked your first cigar and some guy was like, Hey bro, yeah, you got any, got any smokes on you? Yeah. And then like cursed you out. Like you're going to be like, I don't want to smoke cigars. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was exactly. like crappy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do find that they appreciate it and they definitely get into it more. Some people just don't like it, which I'm cool with. And some people get me into other things. Like I'm starting to get into to tequila. Which yeah. Is a whole nother rabbit hole. <laughs> what about, uh, what about scotch at all? Do you like scotch? So I don't like to say whether I like something or not because I like beer but I don't like certain beers, you know? Yeah, it's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I learned that the hard way. It's like, if I my first cigar I ever smoked was was a, you know, $6 factory smoke, I probably would not have, I probably would have said I don't like cigars. So, so what are you, like a Bud Light kind of guy or like? Oh, yeah, Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light all the way, depends. No, I, uh, but I'm not a stout. Like, I don't get the IPAs and all that stuff. No, I don't get so that So if I would have tried an IPA for my first beer, yeah, you I would have told you I don't like beer. Yeah, yeah. So, do I like scotches? I don't know. Have I had scotches I don't like? Most definitely. But yeah. I've had probably five in my whole life, you know? Yeah. So I haven't really been able to examine that world yet. Yeah. What you got to do is you got to go to Jimmy, tell him what bourbons you like, and ask him for a scotch. And he'll, he'll give it nice. Yeah. I bought a Belvini 12-year. Good. And my Very girlfriend. Good. Well, see, that's weird because <laughs> my girlfriend does like uh, blind tastings with me. So like when we're just bored at night, she'll take four or five bottles out of my collection and She'll pour them and not tell me what they are at all. Either guess what they are or I'll rate them, you know, one to four. And then it kind of get, takes the ego out of it. You know, you spend $200 on a bottle. You want that to be the best one. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, 1910 Old Forester will win over, you know, uh, Woodford Masters Collection. It's like, well, shit, you know, why did <laughs> I spend so much money on that? It's like, but you don't know. It's the whole guessing game of it. But um, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Like we... We won a bottle of uh, Old Forcer, what, 150 year, the birthday? 150th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. 150 oh. uh, anniversary year. And, like, you know, they've only come out with, they've came out with three runs every 50 years. So, you know, once at, well, actually, once at 50 years, once at 100, once at 150. That's so, awesome. we, we won one of those bottles. And uh, the cigar place across the street, they, uh, they had a bottle for, um, like, to buy. So we tried it out and it, we looked it up and that bottle was, at the time was going for about $700. Yeah. You know, but when we tried it, we're like, I wouldn't pay $700 for this. Oh, yeah, no. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's just funny how like, you know, how crazy the prices could get. Um, so you, you really have to, you know, teach yourself like, hey, it's not about the money, the cost of something. Like literally just go off the taste of it. You know, yeah, you spent, you know, 50 bucks, 60 bucks on, you know, this whiskey that you want to try. But just put that behind your head, taste it. And if you don't like it, don't order again. Don't try yeah, to show off exactly. to people. You know, just get what you like. Yeah. But, yeah. I feel like for you, for Scotch, I probably saw you always like some of the higher proof. Yeah. More higher than Belvini. Yeah. Yeah. Cause generally, like with bourbon and stuff, and now that I get into it, I can still appreciate like a good, a good bourbon or a good whiskey or a good rye, you know, but nothing really kind of starts tickling my fancy, if you will. Until we get into like that 110 proof or higher. Yeah. Because yeah. once you, that's when your flavor, your palate kind of explodes. And especially if you have like a super dark cigar where it's kind of coating your whole mouth. When you put something high proof in your mouth, it cuts through all that and kind of gives you a whole nother yeah, whole experience, level, you know. Yeah. But 
and you, and you guys would give me crap about drinking higher proof yeah, he, he's the he's a high proof fanatic yeah i actually have a bottle i uh in my truck it's a uh, obtainium and it's 149 proof should we go get it or we can go get it <laughs> I, yeah i had it um but that one's crazy because it's like it doesn't hit you like you think it would yeah but yeah it's just it's a light it's a canadian whiskey so it's a little bit different than you know american whiskey but bourbon just one of those things where it's like that kind of brought me just into cig- two cigars. Yeah. And it, everything that I like has so many facets to it. So you can't really say if you don't like scotch or do like scotch. My girlfriend put that Balvini 12 year in a, in a, uh, a blind tasting and I almost spit it out. I was yeah. like, this is, this tastes like nail polish. What about the Macallan? Do you like Macallan 12? I haven't 18? tried it. So I've only had one scotch that I didn't mind and it, cause it, it was very citrus. It was like green apple, um, very light. And they just, I think what it is, is that the mouthfeel of bourbon can be so viscous and like oily. And you don't really get that with scotches from yeah. what I've, from what I've experienced so far. I always end it with that. Cause it's like, obviously I haven't tried 30 year or anything crazy, but it wasn't like crown crownable flavored whiskey. Was it? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, actually Jimmy, he was like, or no, uh, Matt was <coughs> like, Oh, you know, cause Matt likes scotch too. Yeah. yeah. He was like, scotch guy. he was like, I know what you like for bourbon. So let me give you this. And I tried it. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't not like that. Like if someone gave that to me, I would be okay with that, you know, yeah. but the Balvini 12, it was just, it may have been what it was next to, you know, as, during, during the flight, but it definitely, it kind of made me look back. I was like, I hope I didn't spend money on that bottle, whatever that is. <laughs> and then she told me it was the, I was like, okay, first of all, don't do that. Don't put that in the flight. You know, <laughs> when we first started doing the flights, it was funny cause she didn't know, really know about proofs. So yeah, she yeah. would like put, a Woodford double oaked, and then next thing it would be a stag, you know, 131 proof, and then the next one would be a uh, Michter's toasted barrel 86 proof, and <laughs> yeah. then the next one would be like 120 old Forester single barrel. I'm yeah, like, so just be up and down, and then you, you couldn't gotta, taste any of the lower proofs, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, so she knows now to keep it within like five or ten proofs if we're doing a flight because, but she enjoys doing that, and I it opens my mind too because some stuff that I think I don't like, I actually did like yeah. once I've let the bottle breathe and things like that. And same with cigars. There's been cigars that I smoked. I'm like, dang it, man. I bought five of these, stick them in my humidor, smoke them six months later. I'm like, shit, this is good. Yeah. You know? I, I would do that with uh, my girlfriend with beer, you know, cause anytime we went out somewhere, I just wanted like one beer or whatever. And, uh, you know, I started anytime we went out to eat, I'd be like, taste this beer, taste this beer. And every time I got a different one, just so she could taste different ones. So I could find out which one she liked. And then eventually she's like, you know, you know what? Yeah, I do kind of start liking that. I do like that. I do like that. You know, what's the proof on this? That's like 104, I think. Yeah. 110. Yeah, 110.6. Yeah. That was pretty smooth, but. Yeah. So the thing is with the, with the, uh, with the cigar cuts, I have a few different, like I have a cigar batch, a cigar cut, a cigar, a few other cigar batch, like bourbons. It's cool because it's the, the, they go through like a five barrel aging process. And they get swapped into these different types of barrels that were aged with sherry, port wine, cognac. Um, Armagnac, cognac. Yeah, like all these different pipe, which is supposed to complement a cigar. Yeah. Oh, I told you how long for over here. Yeah. Are you back? Yeah. All right, cool. Okay. So that's what's cool. I had a cigar batch for the first time simply because it was a cigar batch. So I thought that was pretty neat. And then I tried it and I was like, Holy crap, I like this a lot. And yeah. then I looked at the history of it, I was like, well, of course I like it because it's like a liquid cigar, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I will say it pairs pretty nice with this uh, Romacraft. Yeah. That, that one goes really well with like a Maduro or even like a medium to full body cigar just because it's really flavorful. It's got a little sweetness to it. Yeah. So I wouldn't do that with like a, uh, a super light body. Yeah. I was going to say like with the Davidoff, uh, it's kind of overpowering it. Yeah. You know, exactly. but you know, that's all right. I'd rather yeah. taste the whiskey than this. <laughs> I mean, if I was smoking something light body or, or really easy going, I would probably go for something sub 96 proof. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I actually like, for some reason, I like cold drinks when I'm drinking lighter cigars. I don't know why, but like if I'm drinking or or a like, hot drink as in coffee. Yeah, was, like cold yeah. drink, like old fashioned or like. Yeah, yeah. You know. There's something because those drinks are so flavorful anyway. Yeah. And most of your lighter cigars are going to be those very subtle vanilla, oak, woodsy flavors. Yeah. And those kind of all pair well with like cocktails versus straight bourbon that already has enough body to it and enough flavor profile in general so it's like those lighter bodies cigars have very passive flavors in my opinion yeah so those are going to pair well with something if you really want to taste your cocktail or your drink it's going to not overpower the drink if you really want to be invested into that yeah. yeah like we had uh uh last week or week prior uh whenever uh we had tequila old fashions mm. So, and we were, you know, we were smoking pretty light body cigars with that just because, yeah. you know, uh, the sweetness from the tequila is a completely different flavor. So it's yeah. like flavor profile. So you kind of have to find a cigar that matches that. Um, but then, you know, if you make it into like an old fashioned style, it makes it like, like with whiskey, it's like semi-sweet, but with tequila, it's almost like a pretty sweet drink. Like it's really sweet, but no, I mean, this is amazing. I kind of wish I brought a darker cigar, but that's all yeah. right. Which, if you're getting into tequila, um, have you had the Casa 1910 yet? I don't believe I have, no. Okay, you got to get that cigar because it's, uh, it's a Mexican cigar. And we actually had the guy that, uh, the Master Blender on here last week or the week prior. And uh, he, like, specifically made that to pair with tequila. Yeah, really. like Añejo's tequila. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, darker style tequila. It's not, not like your classic, like, what, Jose Cuervo, I think. You yeah. Know? Yeah, not, not like American stuff, but actual traditional, like, darker age tequilas. Um, so yeah, that's what that he made that it's a Mexican cigar. He made it to pair like exactly. And that's what we did. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. I think that's so cool. I mean, there's not really a lot of other things in this world. I mean, even beers, you know, there's, they have stouts and they have IPAs and all that, but none of them are kind of ventured to pair with certain things. And it's like bourbon tequila, I guess just spirits in general that involve aging and, and actual like culture and technique behind it that have history. People want to innovate that and change it to what they like with other hobbies. It's like there's so many people who like bourbon and whiskey and tequila that also like cigars. Yeah. But it's like beer. It's, you, you know, breweries, you go there and you drink beer. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's it. It's like there's nothing else there. There's no cigar brewery. I mean, there probably is. But you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not a known. There is. There is a cigar brewery. <laughs> when, oh. I, when I was in Kansas um that doesn't count kansas is- <laughs> yeah i know i know but but they had a really cool cigar shop um do you remember the name of it uh, outlaw outlaw cigars so outlaw cigars they were like uh they're like the biggest cigar shop in like kansas and they have like i think two or three locations but their flagship store it wasn't well actually it wasn't the first store it was like their second i think but it's the one that they made it exactly how they wanted it to be and they have like a stage in the back they have you know, all lounge chairs everywhere, huge humidor, 
like humidor bigger than the size of this area over here. And um, they make their own beers in house also. So they have beers that will pair nicely with different cigars, which I thought was like really neat because, you know, I've never had anything like that. And they uh, they give you like a, you know, almost like a checkerboard full of different beers. And then, you know, when you go, you're like, hey, I want to try this, this and this, you know, uh, they'll be like, yeah, well, that one pairs good with your cigar, but this one doesn't. But I'll let you try them anyway. And then they put it on the checkerboard so you know which one is which. But yeah, that, yeah, that place. Really cool. th- yeah, that was the only place where, you know, I, yeah, there's really ever been a brewery. But See, but yeah. then again, who wants to go to Kansas? That's probably <laughs> the only cool place in Kansas too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like me personally. This might be a, a you're being a you're being a wimp about it, but it's like beer for me. I just get so full so quick, and it's just like at the one at some point, you know, I'm two beers in. I'm like, dude, I'm like ready for a nap. Like, Especially IPAs. Just, I love IPAs though. But yeah, yeah. I, for some, I think really it's just because the amount that you have to drink. You know, it's like I can <clears> get a five ounce. I can drink five ounces of bourbon and I'm good, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're feeling good for the night and you don't feel like you just ate a rack of ribs, you know? And, but yeah, like, as I said, I didn't know that. And there it is. So it's like, yeah. you never know. There's so many things in this, in this kind of spirits and cigars and that it's like, you could be the most knowledgeable person about bourbon and then someone's like, oh, no, that that's not true anymore. Like, they, there's a place that does that now. It's like, oh, okay, which is kind of cool. It's the same thing with music. I think that's why I kind of get attracted to these things because I've always been a musician. And you could practice the guitar every day for 12 hours a day and for 20 years and be the best heavy metal guitarist. Yeah. But then Joe Schmo will come up and start finger picking some folk and you don't know how to do that with your hands. But yeah. it's the same instrument. It's the same strings, same notes. And you're like, I suck. It's <laughs> like, no, you're really amazing at that. But you you can't do that yet. Yeah. So so music, I would say, is probably the reason that you got into, you know, like you said, cigars, everything, whiskey, yeah. everything. So what what got you into music? Did you were you a, a young kid when you first started? When you got your first I wasn't really young. I was uh, I would stay at this like um, not a daycare, but it was like an after school care thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they had a guitar there. And I would learn like smoke on the water, just like teaching myself, learning the notes. And every day my dad would come pick me up. I'd play the same song, right? I'd be like, oh, dad, look. And he'd walk in and I would just grab the guitar really quick and play it. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you got to learn another song. <laughs> I was like, well, buy me a guitar then. Wow. <laughs> Solid. Yeah, that's a good deal. Good deal. And he's like, he's like, oh, you know, whatever. So nothing, you know, he's like, you know, you're just a kid. Like you're going to, you're just saying that because it's new, you know, whatever. So turn her out when I was 15 years old, I was like, you know, I, I went to, I was in, uh, I went to millennium middle school in Sanford Same and here. they had, they had a music class and they, I learned how to play the xylophones. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause it was like the easiest one there and I didn't want to have to blow into anything. I didn't want a clarinet or like just, yeah, but yeah. Xylophone's pretty also lame anyway, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. Jared, Jared was there. actually sad he couldn't blow into anything. He couldn't yeah. blow anything. Yeah. He was already proficient. Did, in you, skin do, flute? did you do the yeah. concert <laughs> at the end of the year? Did you do the concert? Yep. Yeah. What, year, the, what year did you graduate? Middle school? Yeah. I graduated high school in 2013. 2013. Oh, okay. So if I just missed you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Jared doesn't want to say a year he graduated high school. 2022. 20, 20, 2010. Oh, okay. But 22, I'd be super young. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, Thank you. Yeah, he yeah, just I graduated. Trying, I was trying to give you a compliment. And you're like, oh, cool, you idiot. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but so then I got the guitar there. I learned Hey Jude, 
like by the Beatles. Okay, which yeah, is funny because I don't I don't listen to the Beatles at all. But <laughs> that was one of those options we had. And then my dad bought me a guitar. And then for my 16th birthday, he was like, I wanted to get a really nice acoustic guitar. And he goes, Well, that's that's thousand bucks, and a car's a thousand bucks. So you got to make the choice. I was like, I'll do the guitar. So I chose a, the guitar over a car. And I guess essentially it was probably the best decision I ever made because I probably wouldn't be where I'm at now doing what I do, making what I make if I hadn't made that choice then. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's kind of cool. I, I mean, because in my head, I'm like, well, my parents drive me around. I don't really have many friends. I don't really have many places to go. So I'll take a nice guitar over over a car because where am I going to use it? Props to you, man. I would have chose the guitar or the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, also the caveat to that was if I get a car, I had to afford the insurance, like everything that came with it. You yeah. Know? yeah. And at the time I was, I just got my first job. I was like playing or uh, working at a little clothing store in the, the mall, you know, making 300 bucks every two weeks. If that, yeah. You know? yeah. So I'm like, well, guitar doesn't cost me any money. And then literally I got my guitar and I played my first gig a year later at Tijuana flats in Lake Mary. That was my first show I ever did. Hey, that, like first paid gig. That was, that was a spot to be back in the day. It was. Yeah. And it was it was funny because that was like when I kind of made that, I had that mentality shift of like, do I want to make money or spend money? And because I played on Friday nights there and Friday nights were football nights. Yeah. So everybody was going to the football games and, you know, the manager there was like, listen, buddy, I'll pay you 150 bucks a night. Plus tips, free food, whatever. Obviously not drinks because I'm, you know, 17 years old, 16 years oh, old. Oh, that's messed up, though. Come I on. know. <laughs> Unlimited chips and queso. So I was like, oh, okay. All right. I was like, I was like, okay, cool. Was it, was it beer queso? Do you have the beer no, in the queso? unfortunately. And yeah, I, I my uh, waistline <laughs> didn't really appreciate it. I was a pants size 40 back then. So. Damn. Yeah, it was, I was a large and in charge. But I, that moment, I kind of made that reality of like, I mean, it's cool to go to those games, but. I can go make money instead. Yeah. And hundred fifty dollars back then. It's like a decent amount of money. Yeah. For me. I mean, you know, you, you're working two weeks at a, at a working six hour shifts at a clothing store in the mall and you're going to make $300 every two weeks. And I'm making that in three hours. You know, I was probably making like 80, 90 bucks in tips. So let's just call it two fifty a night. Yeah. I'm making almost what I make in two weeks of working. Yeah. Shoot. Back one night. Back at the restaurant, our dad would hand us a $20 bill. I'd be like, yeah, this is for the rest of the night. The rest of it's tips. That's, you know, that's what you got to get. Yeah. So we would just get tips on that. And then I remember when I asked him for a raise, you know, he's like, he's like, what? No, I'm not giving you a raise. What the hell? And then I found out he was making uh, 25. And then, you know, we kept using that. And then my cousin was making 40 at the Lake Mary store. So we just kept playing them like that. But yeah. no, I mean, that yeah, that's good money, especially, you know, like high school. Oh, yeah. I mean, we miss football games all the time working. You know, exactly and we had cars we had to pay for our own gas we had to pay for exactly. our own everything you know we're working all the time just to pay for it yeah and you see you see that 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 um sacrifice reward and i think it's really special if, if you can see that happen in front of you when you're younger because yeah you understand that if i sacrifice certain things i'll be able to have other things that i want it's and like the long-term effort right exactly and you have work ethic now Exactly. I mean, you have you have kids now, and I say kids, but I mean people my age, people our age. <laughs> yeah, I call them kids too. <laughs> and it's just, but it's because they act like children, and, and they yeah. all they do is complain, and it's like they don't understand why they don't have money at the end of the week, and it's like, well, you worked fifteen hours this week. What yeah. do you expect? Like, 
you you work 15 hours and you drive a brand new infinity and your your car payment's $800 and you make $700 every 2 weeks what do you expect it's nobody's fault but your own you know what the average car payment in America right now is it's around $800 is it really yeah wow like that's wild yeah it's it's insane but yeah no even actually today like at work we were talking about that like just work ethic and you know like when we were younger we would you know we would go to work you know, you would go to Tijuana Flats. We would go to the restaurants. Um, and like nowadays, you don't see kids working. You know, they're driving their Mercedes that their dad bought and whatever. Parents car. Yeah. And then, you know, but the difference is like <laughs> back when, you know, I was at Lake Mary High School. Kids would be driving their Mercedes and stuff. But a lot of them had like kind of jobs, you know, whatever. But now it's just like they're having no jobs. Their parents are taking care of everything. And then they go to college and their parents buy everything. And then, you know what? Now they graduate and they don't know how to manage money. They don't know how to live by themselves. They don't know how to, you know, do any of this stuff because they were never taught. And it's not a sit down and teaching moment. It's a teaching moment where you learn when you're growing up. And I think that's a difference. You know, people are like, oh, why don't they teach us how to do taxes in high school? It's like, well, that's not a thing you could, you sit down and you teach someone. That's the thing you teach. You know, while, you know, hey, you got a job, let's go do your taxes together so you know how to submit everything or whatever, you know, and that's like, it's a big, I think it's like a big problem uh, in America right now, just like that lack of work ethic. I think it all comes down to choices. I didn't have a choice. Like, if if I don't make money, I don't get to buy cool things. Yeah. So it was like, hey, I like, at the time, you know, Dr. Dre headphones were super in. You know, <laughs> yeah the, they were so the cool. beats by dre you walked yeah. around with beats yeah. by dre you're like man that kid's got it going on in reality no one gave a crap but in your head you thought that you were like beast mode you know <laughs> i remember those. and <laughs> i was i wanted a pair so bad so it's like my first check i got from t10 flats it was 150 bucks i had my tips i walked into best buy bought the uh beats pro yeah the silver metal ones i mean they look ridiculous they're yeah, ginormous I, I had that same pair just the the black one, the detox yeah. ones or whatever. And then yeah. they folded in. I was yeah, so excited, yeah. dude. I, I ran home, listened to music all night. Like, that Do you was, still have it today? Um, I think I still have them. I have no idea. They're somewhere. Yeah. I, my cousin still has them. I know that. He has yeah. the same pair. But I yeah. had I had all of them. I had the plastic ones. I had the small, the big, the pros. I had the pro studios. I was like obsessed with them. And, yeah. then, and then cords became obsolete and you were no longer cool if you had cord hanging out of I your phone. I can ease the wait list because like when I was like 14, 15, I paid like $350 to get the original iPod Color Classic that had video for the first time. And I still have it to this day. I still so have I an iPod video, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I understand where you're coming from. Well, I think if you get to experience that early on, that kind of changes your brain chemistry. But those people that, because I've, I've dated girls in the past where it's like, they they're okay with having five dollars left in their bank account because they know their family will you know throw throw a couple hundred bucks in there it's just like i don't operate that way bro like, yeah i've never operated that way but that carries with them into their adult life yeah so it's like now they're okay with living paycheck to paycheck and i'm just like how can you do this and then the other aspect of it too is you know i have i have nice vehicles and i have i get to buy nice things and, and do these things for myself because i work a lot i work hard and hearing the phrase of oh it must be nice it's like just because i'm your age has no reflection of what you should be able to afford first i agree of all. yeah 100 yeah and i am by no means not wealthy at all yeah but i can 
to some extent do whatever I want when I want, you know, but I don't have kids. Yeah. I don't have debt and I've worked hard. So it's, it is nice because I've worked since I was 16. Yeah. You know, when I, when I got that job at the mall and then I got that gig at Tijuana flats, I didn't quit the job at the mall. Oh yeah. You kept it. I said, cool. Now I'll do that Monday through Thursday. I'll do Tijuana flats on, on Friday. Wait, I have two more days where I could get more money. Yeah. And then I picked up, I played at the farmer's market on Sunday. So I saw my days off, not as days where I can relax, but as days where I can make money. Opportunity. Exactly. And so when that kind of clicked in my head, I was like, well, this is nice, you know? So then flash, flash forward, flash forward to fast forward to junior year of high school you know i'm making a thousand bucks every two weeks which is pretty good for being in high school and i'm like i can kind of i'm saving money and and now i'm like i want to buy a house everyone else is worried about where they're going to go to college and like who they want to party with and all that and i was like nah i'm good i was like i want to buy a house you know i got out of high school so that was my goal so i worked towards that but yeah, no, it, it's insane. I mean, I remember um, like when I first went to college and, you know, we start going out to like Knight's Library and everything. And I would see people in there going, checking their bank account in the middle of the thing to see if they had enough money to to buy. Calling their dad. Yeah, to Dude, buy. You, <laughs> yeah, well, to buy like a $2 drink. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what is going on? And they would have, you know, $5 in bank account, negative $5. It can would overdraft it. Can you spot me, bro? They you, should let their car decline like a real man. And say sorry, I fucked yeah. up. It was a problem with yeah, the bank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bank yeah. issue. <laughs> I mean, I still went out too, uh, but a lot of times I found myself volunteering to be the the DD. Yeah, because yeah. one, I didn't trust people because my dad was a police officer, so I got you know things drilled into me from the minute I was out of diapers, and he, you kind of learn about people and their response as you get older. You kind of when you're young, people can be pretty ignorant and pretty irresponsible, and it doesn't really come to the surface until they have to be responsible or yep. make smart decisions. So it's like you can be dumb in high school and no one's going to really know that you're dumb. But then when you get older and you have, you have a vehicle and you can drink and then you notice that that one guy like, Oh yeah, John, every time he goes out, he gets plastered and he gets in his car and he drives home. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to hang around that guy. I'm not going to. Yeah. So then I was like, well, you know, I like some of these friends, I know that they can't control themselves, so I still want to be a part of the fun. So I'll just be like, hey, I'll drive. You guys load up, load in the truck. We'll go out, have a good time, and I'll just kind of like sit in the background. And then I get to be a part of it. But then when you do that and you see it through sober eyes, it's like these guys are coming, going out four or five nights a week, dropping 80, 90 bucks. And then they're wondering why they're broke at the end of the week. Yeah. And they're like, oh, must be nice. It's like, dude, I didn't spend 500 bucks this week. (laughs) Yeah. I save my money, especially now. People buy people buy bottles just to show off, and you know, and you go to a club, bottles at like downtown Orlando is like minimum five hundred thousand bucks, you know, if if not more now for a bottle for a two hundred dollar to maybe even a hundred dollar bottle. Not Dude, even. I not remember. Even. Yeah. I remember. Like a Grey Goose. It, it yeah. was it was my uh, my buddy's twenty first birthday. We went to uh, Celine in downtown, and I'm like, you know what, you know, it's his birthday. We'll buy him a <laughs> bottle. Like he wasn't driving, whatever. And I'm like, oh, how much is a bottle? They're like, well, of what? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you have? Whatever. And I'm like, Tito's. How much is a bottle of Tito's? They're like, oh, it's $1,000. And I'm like, for a bottle of Tito's that you could get at, 
you know, the liquor store for what, $30, $40 maybe, you know? And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Do you guys sell Everclear here? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, (laughs) Like, yeah, that's $200. Like, take it. (laughs) I got to bring a bottle of something, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think seeing a lot of that stuff through, through, sober eyes if you will which is ironic because we're drinking and smoking cigars but (laughs) in the sense of just like what kind of molded me into where i'm at now where now i appreciate doing these types of things because of the experience and not a destination to get me messed up yeah you know and it's like i don't drink to get drunk i don't smoke cigars to get buzzed or high yeah yeah. or however word did you want to use it you know it's i drink it because i enjoy it and i want to know what differences and flavors that you notice in different bottles. And it's like, and you feel like you've earned it. Yeah. And I, now I can go to a store and I can buy, you know, like, and I'm not boasting or trying to show off. It's like, I can go to a liquor store. Like a few weeks ago, I I was on a whim, just kind of bourbon hunting, you know, shopping around. And I scored like six bottles that I've really been looking for. So I just casually spent 800 bucks. And then I went home and then I was like, all right, cool. You know, it's, it's whatever. But it was stuff that I knew that I really wanted and and it was gonna it's not gonna be that I'm not spending eight hundred bucks on a night at dinner. Yeah. Like those bottles are gonna last me years possibly and tons of conversations with people that I have over and 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 just moments that I'm gonna enjoy. Yeah. You're also not gonna spend like three hundred dollars on like a bottle of plants too. Yeah, you, know, you know how much it is. Because I was in the Bronx <laughs> recently and uh, we went to a liquor store there and we went there and we started talking. Oh, yeah, I'm just curious. You guys have any plans? He's like, oh, yeah, we have a bottle over there. He's like, oh, crazy. How much is it? $300. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at him and I was like, $300? Are you serious? He's like, yep. I was like, is anybody buying that? He's like, I sold four bottles last week. Yeah, well, he's probably lying, but that's crazy. insane. I got I got 12. If anyone wants some, yeah, you're okay. welcome to it. And I don't like. Yeah, we, we have Blanton's at the house, too. And it's like, we rarely drink it. Like my cousin's got, you know, like a few, Nick has a few bottles. And then like, I think we have like one or two at the house, but yeah, it's just like, we keep it there. And then some people see it when you invite them over, they're like, Oh, like you have that. It's like, yeah, dude, take some. It's a, it's a tater bourbon. So it's like one of those things that everyone thinks is, is it's, it's something it's a unicorn, but it's probably like the easiest to find unicorn, but they've are masters at marketing that yeah. whole thing. And the bottle's really cool. So it's like, I, anytime I have an opportunity to get one at, at cost or at MSRP, I'll get it because if I bring that to a party or if I bring, like we did secret Santa last year at the fire department and it was like a limit of like 30 bucks. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'll toss it in there. I know it's going to make someone's day. We got a few guys at my station that are really into it. And this dude, when he opened it, he like, I mean, obviously got stolen, you know, cause you get like the three steals or whatever, but (laughs) it was like my highlight of my night watching these people, watching these grown men, like, literally practically fight in the middle of the circle, you know, over yeah. this, over this Blanton's. And I'm like, you guys have no idea. I could put Blanton's Pappy 23 and Woodford double oaked or like 1910 old Forester in a blind. And you wouldn't be able to tell me any of those. So we have a bottle of uh King Louis at the house, right? Yeah. My dad got, someone got it for my dad for his birthday. So he just gave it to everyone at the bar. That yeah. was at Giovanni's and he just uh, was letting everyone have it. And then, uh, so we keep the, you know, it comes with a nice decanter. We keep it at our house. Anytime someone comes over, we just put our, uh, some Ruby Martin in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, they freak out. I mean, they're not going to know. <laughs> and I, I play they it. Enjoy so, it. <laughs> I play at so many clients' houses where they have like these insane collections of stuff and the bottles are sealed. 
it's just flex. It's just, it's yeah. all it is, is flexing. You know, if, if I ever got a bottle of Pappy, I'm opening it the minute I get home. Yeah. That's just, I, I'm not like every single bottle that I own that I have, unless it's duplicates, like with the Blantons, I always have a bunch just because, you know, birthday, it's just something easy that I know yeah, that to hand out that everyone's going to like. Yeah. You know for, I, mean? I mean, I'm not just like, Oh, welcome to my house. Here's a bottle of Blantons. But you know, for birthdays, special events or holidays whatever like i'll 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 bring one or or someone that's like really been looking for it like hey bro toss me 70 bucks you you want to go to eight different stores and pay 150 dollars for it yeah you know it's yeah it's 60 65 dollars i think retail yeah Yeah, man um and i'm like give me 70 bucks five bucks for gas you know whatever and then you can come to my house or i'll bring it to you at the station and you want to keep searching everywhere for it yeah you know and it's it means the world to them i'm just like yeah. It doesn't really mean much to me because I've had it and I know what it tastes like. Now, Blanton's straight from the barrel, whole nother story. That's amazing. I've got two bottles of that and the one that I have open right now is, is the highest proof that they've ever made so far. It's like 131.6. But it, that is legitimately Blanton's non-diluted, yeah, not, like 90, not 93 proof. And it it is delicious. Yeah, it's I've actually never had that. extremely good. It's very, very good. Yeah. It's a 700 milliliter bottle because up until I think this last quarter, they weren't allowed in the U.S. So I actually got it from a friend of mine that I played at his, at his house. Yeah. I got, we went to his house one night and I got so messed up because <laughs> he had all of the BTAC line, which is Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was legitimately just passively drinking Stag, Ju- uh, George T. Stag, not Stag Jr., Pappy. And he's like, oh, yeah, try this. And like, I'm drinking, e- I'm drinking like all barrel proof shit. E.H. Taylor, e. Taylor barrel, barrel proof, George C. Stag. Uh, Thomas Handy, like all this stuff. And next thing you know, I'm just like ripped. I can't even complete a sentence. My <laughs> girlfriend's like, you're drunk. I was like, no, I'm not. Leave me alone. I was like, why can't I open my eyes, you know? <laughs> and at the end of the night, I was like, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's, uh, I got crashed. I just started taking my money. I'm just like counting it. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I was like, how much do you want for it? And he's like, I was, he's like, uh, he's like, you know, 180 bucks. I was like, done you know i gave him 200 bucks yeah yeah steal yeah. and i was like cool i didn't care because i never seen it before and well I, you didn't care because you were drunk that's why i didn't care because i was drunk <laughs> but at the same time this man had given me what was equivalent like if you went to any bar and got what i had that night my tab would have been over 500 dollars. oh probably yeah probably even oh, more to be honest yeah, with yeah, yeah and i'm like i mean just a pour of george c stag next door or across the street yeah is 50 bucks yeah yeah and I had two of those. I had each barrel proof. I had Pappy 23, Pappy 10. Like those two alone is over 250. Yeah. There's some that charge $200 a pour for 23. Yeah. And then so, usually they're like, what, one ounce pours? And, exactly. You know, you're pouring more than one ounce, most yeah. likely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was drunk too. So he's just yeah. like, you know, whatever. And it up. yeah, he had every batch of Stag Jr. that's ever been made. He had seven George C. Stag. I mean, it was probably a wall the size of this whole, this whole thing was just. The whole top two rows from wall to wall were were BTAC, like $3,000, $4,000 bottles. But he was somebody that all of them were open. And it's just like he creates that culture of like, when you guys come over, these are for everyone. You know, yeah, cigars yeah. are whatever for conversation want. to share, talk yeah. about culture, talk about politics, talk about whatever you want to talk about, talk about literally nothing. Yeah. And I would easily happily take a Patron. Or two. <laughs> Dude, well, so judging from your cigar cutter you just got, I don't think you need to get any handouts. 
<laughs> kind of going back to that first guitar. Oh, look at him changing the subject. <laughs> He's like, anyway, so uh, Vietnam. Uh... <laughs> kind of going back to that first, you know, guitar you bought. That kind of where you got started. Do you still have it today? Yeah. Perfect. I have, awesome. Yeah. So I kind of, everything I get into, I kind of hyper-focus on it for a little bit, you know? Like, I'm starting to get into guns. And that's been a whole nother. Yeah, that's a rabbit hole, man. It's bad. Yeah. And it's at the point now where it's like, you know, I'm, I ride motorcycles. I have a, a Cobra that I'm building for um, racing. And then obviously I had my last truck, I, you saw it. I don't know if you saw it, but my last truck, it was, I had built it. It was, went to SEMA and SEMA and everything. And it was on 24 inch lift with 26s and 16 wides and 44s. And I'm like rolling around Lakemore Boulevard. I have no, no business being in that truck, you know. Have I seen it? What color? What color it was it was a uh, dark shadow gray. Okay, all right. And it had you know two thousand starlights in the headliner, yeah, suede, yeah. full speaker. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. But <laughs> when I was a little kid, I always wanted to have a monster truck. Yeah, yeah. And I did it, and it's done. And yeah, I will never. Yeah. I don't want to say never. If I'm if I'm ever like just trying to waste two hundred grand, then I'll I'll probably go get. If I'm ever in the position where I can go waste two hundred grand, I would love to build another truck. But it's definitely not going to be my only vehicle that i drive yeah yeah because that was my only vehicle i was driving at the time so i'm daily driving a 24 inch lifted mega cab 2500 on 44s 42s yeah when you when you're young you deal with a lot of stuff that you know when you're older you're like oh i, I can't believe i ever did that like, yeah uh, then, on my truck when i put 35s on there i put like you know there's some cheap tires and so much road noise and i remember i was driving down the highway and my uncle Frank was in the front seat. I was dropping him off at the airport. And he's like, why the hell is this truck so loud? Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not loud. He's like, we're yelling right now to talk to each other. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, it's fine. You just, you know, you're overthinking it, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, I think like two months later, I bought brand new tires and they're like some Toyos or something. And, uh, and as soon as I drove out of, uh, uh, what do we got? Top trucks? Top trucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's where, yeah, that's where we yeah. Yeah, yeah so they're great. I, I love top trucks. Yeah, but as soon as I drove out of there, I made a right turn and went 45, and I'm just like, I can hear my thoughts. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, is this yeah. how is this how the truck is supposed to sound? It was a oh man, it's craziest thing. But yeah, now I would never deal with that. Like a truck that loud, I'm like, oh man. Yeah, and that that was five inch straight pipes. You know, I had five twelves, two tens, three eights in the back. Like it was stupid. Yeah. But I built it for a purpose. I wanted to do a show. Yeah. And I did it. And then I sold it. You know, I, I literally, uh, I had an opportunity to order a, a new truck. And the guy was like, oh, you know, I can I can make you a good deal on, on ordering a new truck. At the time, which was about five months ago, Yeah, nobody could get trucks. And yeah. if they did, it had insane markups. Well, well, this guy, he was like, oh, I can get you for you at MSRP if you order it from me. So I was like, okay, cool. So I just listed my truck, not knowing. Because when you, when you build a truck like that, it's a very niche market. Yeah. Not a lot of people, one, want to spend that much money on a vehicle. And not a lot of people want to spend that much money on a vehicle that they're not going to be able to drive every day. Yeah. You know? And it's funny. The guy that actually bought that truck, he texts me two days later and he's like, do you think this truck is taller than 10 feet? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you freaking think, dude? The handle, the handle for the door is over my head and I'm six foot one. So what do you think? I'd be and like, he, nah, you're good. And he realized <laughs> he realized it doesn't fit in his condo garage. Oh man! So this man just spent an obscene amount of money on a vehicle that he can't fit. So then, next thing you know, I'm on marketplace, and my buddy sends me a screenshot. Look who's selling your truck. He had it for two weeks, and he sold it. Oh man! Yeah. 
it went up to Georgia, but now I have a truck that I, I bought that one new and I did a six inch lift with 37s and I'm like, I'm done. It rides great. It looks good enough for me. And then now I'm diving into like the racing side of it. So I got a Mustang Cobra that I'm doing a full race build on. And it's just like, but that's been in the shop for a year and eight months now. Yeah. That's when he first got his truck. That's the first thing I told him. I'm like, I'm like, listen, don't go overboard. Don't, you know, I'm like, just give it like a nice lift, you know, some 35s on there. Uh, and like, you'll be set. But yeah. I mean, your truck's a lot bigger than his is. Yeah. When I got my Raptor, all I did was put a yeah, leveling? leveling kit on it, put some 37s on it. And uh, it rode great. Yeah. Like a funny story about that. Um, I had to redo my whole front end. I had to do my uh, CV axles and everything. Yeah, so, con- CV, what, control arms? Everything. So uh, yeah. I took it to Top Trucks, and there was a brand new guy in there. So I had the Raptor. I had the small motor in it. So Because uh, it was like the first Raptor that ever came out. So I go in there. I've been in there plenty of times. And then this guy's like, oh, no, you don't have a Raptor. I was like, what do you mean I don't have a Raptor? He's like, the Raptors don't have this motor. And I was like, no, no, this is like the original Raptor like when they first came out. And he's like, he's like, no, this is a kit. And I was like, dude, I'm telling you right now, it's not a kit. So uh, he it, was, it was a kit. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. What if we found out that way? No. <laughs> like, check the VIN, bitch. Check the VIN. <laughs> but so I'm arguing with this guy. And then he's like, all right, fine. You have a Raptor. Quoted me the price. Quoted me for all regular F-150 parts. Right? So like a CV axle for the Raptor, the left one. It's the same price as two CV axles mm. in a regular F-150. So, but he just quoted me for the regular F-150 part. So, two weeks prior, I got a call from the guy I normally go to. He's like, hey, man, uh, this might be a stupid question, but you have a Raptor, right? I was like, yes. And he's like, well, this guy gave you all regular F-150 parts. So, I'm telling him the whole story. And then he's like, uh, let me give you a call back. Owner calls me up. He's like, hey, man, I'm sorry about that guy. Uh, I'm going to honor this original price, and uh, we're going to get it done for you. I was like, sweet. And, dude, the Raptor cost was like three times higher than the regular F-150 cost. It's crazy. I just can't believe that guy agreed. He's like, yeah, you do have a Raptor. Then went behind your back and was like, order the regular parts. Well, it's good that they honored it, though. I mean, yeah, that's going- what I like about it. I got a lot of respect for him for doing that. Well, just, in, I mean, me being in the car world – and the truck world and the motorcycle world, you learn that it's kind of really hard to find good people that run good businesses. It really is. And I know, I'm sure it's just not in the vehicles. I'm sure that, you know, you guys are in a whole different industry and you run into that stuff all the time, even with like your cigar company and even with, you know, other, other ventures in business, people realize like that types of business have, have crappy people. Yeah. And it's like, I was getting so burnt out on the truck scene because I was getting just so many crappy people that were doing half-ass work and charging me premium prices. And then they, they didn't back their stuff up. Yeah. And it was getting really exhausting. You know, like I was, my girlfriend was tired of driving me around. I actually bought a Grom because, <laughs> nice I, was, <laughs> because I was tired of having to have her come pick me up from shop. So yeah. I would just throw that thing in the truck bed. Yeah, you, know, you know what a Grom is? I do not. Yeah. So Grom's like a tiny like motorcycle. motorcycle. Okay. It's a 125cc. Yeah. I put a, a 181 mm-hmm. big bore kit on it. I could go at 92 miles an hour on that. That's thing. fucking awesome. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was stupid and it was, uh, but it was a blast, but I could pick, it was 206, 232 pounds. So, I mean, I couldn't just toss it up. I'm not as strong as you guys, but <laughs> I could lift it up into there, you know, relatively easy. 
And I would just toss that thing out there, throw a strap on it, drive to the shop, drop my truck off and pull it out. And they would, yeah. they would laugh so hard and they'd be like, all right, see you guys later. <laughs> you know, but it just got exhausting, man. I was like, dude, I'm spending thousands of dollars every week on this truck and I get more issues after than I had before. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. So when I finished that, I was done. But then you find companies like that uh, that back their stuff up and it makes you want to patronize them and, and, and invest in their company and buy their stuff and, and go there and help them make money. And it's just like, like this truck that I have now, those wheels on, on the, I'll call them out, but Axe Forged, Axe Company. Yeah, yeah. So I ordered initial forged wheels are cut from solid metal mm-hmm. and they are normally normal um, proper rotational, which means if it's if it's a directional wheel, all sides should be going forward if you on each side. So you'll see like cast wheels if they're directional, one side's going to be digging and one side's going to be uh, swooping. Yeah. Well, when you do forge wheels, they're supposed to be proper directional. So if you want them swooping, all four all both sides should be swooping, which means two wheels are cut differently than the other two wheels. Well, I order these wheels, five weeks later they come in and they're all facing the right direction. So my right side is digging, like hooking into the ground and the other side is swooping. So I call them up and I'm like, hey bro, what is, like, what's going on here? I just spent, you know, a good amount of money on these wheels. Yeah, no, they're not cheap. I mean. And uh, like, these are not proper directional. And he's like, oh, well, they're already mounted. So nothing yeah. we can do. I'm like, bull crap, there's nothing you can do. this is your fault and he's like yeah and i was the first person in florida to get that pattern those pattern wheels yeah i was like he's like yeah we didn't realize that was an issue until you put them on i was like okay so that's on you um like fix it you know he's like well if you want to buy a new set i'll give them to you like i'll buy you can buy them at cost i'm like that's still four grand yeah you think i'm just gonna like randomly spend four grand and then he's like yeah but then you can just sell those like how the hell am I going to sell forged wheels that aren't proper directional to anyone? Yeah, and, and, and then two at like that, like you can't just sell yeah. two, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, what do I? What am I doing? So the guy that actually got me the one that just like is um a distributor for them, I told him the situation. He's a good dude, and uh, he has a great shop and overkill lighting. So if you guys ever need lighting, great dude. Nice. But he actually was like, hey man, I'm sorry this is happening to you. I'm going to buy those wheels back from you from what you paid for them. And I'm gonna I'm gonna purchase the other ones, and I will worry about selling them. So, but if it wasn't for the middleman, yeah, you would have hated that. It was the distributor. It was the manufacturer's fault. Yeah, and they just told him he was SOL. So I was like, okay. I said, I'll run the wheels, you know, because you're swapping them out. And he was even willing to give me like a different brand, but it was gonna cost him a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, to do crazy. that. So I was like, well, I'm not going to put you out. Yeah, exactly. It's so like, no, nah, give, give me, me the, the Give me the best option that's going to work out for you. Yep. I'll run the wheels, but I will make sure if anybody asks me about those wheels, I will be very sure to tell them, don't get those wheels. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they, you know, all, they look good. Like on my truck now, I like them. Like they're cool, but I don't like the company and, and what they stand for and how I was treated. And uh, I was just like, but you learn it. Not everything, not everybody's going to, just because a company's big or, or successful doesn't mean they're good people. Yeah. It's just like. No, it's true. I mean, I mean, a lot of big companies are bad people. <laughs> that's yeah. How, that's how they made it that far. Just screwing people over left and right. Mm-hmm. Even, even back when, you know, I used to have the Corvette. It's like, 
I didn't trust a lot of people with that car because I've gotten work done. And next thing I know, you know, it was bad work, you know, and then I would have to bring it back home. I would mm-hmm. fix it in the garage like myself because, you know, I would torque everything down correctly, you know, make sure everything's flawless on it. And it got to a point where I just started, you know, doing it myself or like Mark would help me out or my uh, yeah. older brother Roberto would help me out. Um, we actually had to drop the whole like front, like subframe for one thing, just because we had to change the harmonic balancer yeah. on it. Yeah. And like, you know, it was on it was on jack stands for what, two weeks. Yep. And I had a I had a whole form, you know, I was writing to people. Someone wrote up a beautiful like how to like step by step and, you know, just take your time and did it correctly because. Yeah. You know, I didn't trust people. So, uh, real quick, Alex, I see you done smoking that cigar behind the camera. Uh, what do you think of it? Um, I'll say that it is the best Rocky Patel I've had, but that's not saying much considering Rocky Patel is the most hated brand in America. Um, well, I get well, my- I think I think acids are the most hated brand. Non flavored. I think Gurkha is kind of up there, but all right, go on. Talk okay, about so, I would agree <laughs> with Gurkha. Oh, Gurkha, yeah, absolutely right. right. All right, thank you for correcting me. Rocky Patel is one of the worst, though. So I didn't get much from the cigar, and um, draw was not that good. Uh, construction was good, but it had a lot of burning issues. Um, so I would say don't waste your time. Not valid. Yep. Not valid. Not valid. How'd you like it when you smoked it? Um, I remember it just kind of being very flat. It's like you know, exactly. it said that it's like that classic. I'd say it, but it's like the classic Rocky Patel. It's like one note. Yeah, and. It's it's, it's like exactly that, that's a note. it's like it's tobacco. that one note. Yeah. But I will say the only one that I've ever like subtly enjoyed. They have a uh, Rocky Patel Sun Grown, and it's not bad. It's got a little more depth and a little more kick to it, but just a little bit. They I just get bored with it, man. Like yeah, yeah they you know dynamic at all. I I honestly, it's a little over halfway done. I'm not finishing it. Damn, and how much that cost? A, by the way, that's like an eighteen dollars cigar. Is wow. it really? Yeah. Oh my god. So uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Casey, you want to shout out your Instagram? Uh, yeah, Casey Michael Music. It's got all my stuff and my dates on there as well as my Facebook. Uh, but I do I play all over Central Florida, East Coast, West Coast, and sometimes up north a little bit. But There you go. That's the tag. Check me out. We'll smoke a cigar after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure to check them out. Make sure to tip them you know, money and you know, some cigars, some whiskey, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever works. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of The Cigar Guys. Uh, we appreciate you. Make sure to check out our link tree. Uh, we have everything in there. Uh, go to like, comment, subscribe. If you got any questions, uh, toss a comment in there. We try to answer them. And um, yeah, if you have any smoke recommendations, any whiskey recommendations, put them down there too. Not Rocky Patel. Yeah, not hey, Rocky Patel. Please. You guys have had this. Let us know how you liked it. Yeah. The so, old, oh old yeah, Oak cigar cut. I, I don't think we actually told him. Yeah, Old Oak cigar cut. Uh, we loved it. It was 110 uh, proof. Yeah, it, it was a great drink. It was a little too much for the Davinoff that I'm smoking. Um, so maybe get a medium to full body cigar for that. Uh, base uh, cigar would do great with that. But uh, yeah, thank you guys. See you in the next one.